Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station for the Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program on spiritual direction coming to you every weekday to help you know you're not alone on your journey of faith. And today we're going to talk about the Eucharist and receiving our Lord worthily and well. So when you go to Mass and go up to receive our Lord in the Eucharist, uh, what does that mean? I mean, what does it really mean? to you, and how do you prepare yourself to receive Jesus himself in the Eucharist, and um, are you uh, doing that worthily? Well, we're going to talk about that today, and here to help us on the journey. Back with us once again, our spiritual director, Father Daniel Schuster. Father Schuster is a priest in the Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin, now the pastor of St. Mary in Luxembourg and Holy Trinity in Casco, Wisconsin. Father Daniel Schuster, welcome back. Great to have you on the program today. Thanks, Chuck. It's good to be back and look forward to discussing one of our, the loves of our life, the Holy Eucharist. You can't go wrong with a show on the Eucharist. <laughs> We're going to do our best, and uh, we, we pray every day before we go on the air. Come, Holy Spirit, and then the next line is, save us again. So we're going to watch how that works works out uh, during this next hour. But, hey, it's a pleasure to have you back on the program, as we do every day. We will open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience uh, to join us uh, on the program today. And uh, we'll do that here in just a moment. But, uh, Father Daniel Schuster, get us started. And, again, we want to talk about receiving the Lord worthily and well in the Eucharist, but just, uh, we probably all know the answer, but just give us an overview, your perspective as a priest in the diocese, the Eucharist. I was going to say, what is it? The Eucharist. Who is it? Right. Who, what, and how, you know, <laughs> that the Lord promises to be with us always until the end of the age. And I want to go right to the heart of the matter, John six fifty four. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you shall not have life within you. Jesus is very serious about this mode of encounter, about this way of being with us. And and I really want to unpack that because, you know, there, there's, there's tension in our lives as far as, wow, the awe and the reverence and the almost fear at times of, of how great this mystery is. And then there's the, well, you know, I, I do this every Sunday and I do it every day, some people and, and, and such. What does it really mean worthily and well? I, I want to put out front, we, I'm not talking about other people here who should and shouldn't receive communion. That's not the spiritual direction aspect of the show. We're not going to get into um, those kinds of questions as far as uh, hypotheticals with other people. Let's look at our own life and how the Eucharist is leading us into communion, into like a, a real union with Jesus. There are fruits of receiving Holy Communion, and, and those are beautiful things, and we want to have all of that fruit. We want to, you know, we want to have, let, let it flower within our lives so that 
we're, um, I don't like to say this, getting more out of it. I mean, you, you know what I mean, though. It's not just getting more out of it, but I guess being, being saved by the power of the Eucharist and seeing effect in our life. And that's really what we're looking for. And a lot of it has to do with these two words, worthily and well. And it's a, those have been used in the tradition for a long time, both by the priest, who um, uses those words at times during the Mass, and by people as they think about you know, how I approach the Lord and, and come to that communion and come to that common union. Father Daniel Schuster, our spiritual director, let's open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join us. It's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. Don't forget you can email us, uh, com. But talking about the Eucharist today, and uh, what does the Eucharist mean to you? And was there a time when in your life when you came to realize and know and experience the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist? And then how are you, how do you prepare yourself to receive Jesus in the Eucharist worthily and well. Again, toll-free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Talk a little bit more, if you would, uh, Father Schuster, about the sixth chapter of um, John, the Gospel of John. If you, Part of it, a lot of uh, people there said, this is too hard. Uh, we can't believe this. And uh, they walk away from him. Jesus does not call them back and say, hey, you were you misunderstood me. But we certainly look to that story in the Gospel of John. There's a lot of Catholics today who don't believe in the real presence in Christ. What would you say to somebody listening today who has some questions about that? Well, allow yourself to be open to the challenge that the Lord puts before us. He says many challenging things about carrying the cross, becoming like him and I mean this is not uh, this you know it's it's not uncommon for a Lord to to really challenge us and, and like you said Chuck there is this group that walks away from him this is too tough but we don't want we don't want that we the desire of our heart is to be close to him so take another look to allow the Lord to show you what it is he means we know from the scripture scholars that uh, the words here that are used are not so so much just meant to be symbolic or soft. I mean, the, the word that St. John uses for eating the flesh and drinking the blood, the word is is like literally to chomp into. It is to, uh, it is to sink your teeth into my flesh. It's a different word that's used from common eating. It's it's more like like biting and chomping. And why would John be so uh, be so graphic? I think because this question was already coming up at the time when he. When the Holy Spirit and him wrote this, you know, is, well, does, did he really mean like his real presence or did he kind of mean like we're just going to remember him? And John's like, ah, the Lord said this and he recalled these words. You have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. My flesh is true food and my blood is to drink. And if you don't, you don't have life. Every Christian believer needs the Eucharist either by desire or sacramentally in reality, which is the goal, is to, is to receive in the fullness sacramentally, not only by desire. But this is, this is source and summit. This is the high point because it's a point of encounter. You take in his presence and you become. You know, you, mm-hmm. you are, we, we always say you are what you eat. It sounds so cliche and so simple, but it's one of the effects of the Eucharist is, is to become uh, more like Christ, to have the strength to grow in virtue. How could a Christian, 
expect to grow closer to Jesus, become more Christian, more Christ-like, and go to heaven if they don't have the Eucharist. Jesus was clear. It's tough. I know. (laughs) Father Daniel Schuster, our spiritual director, talking about the Eucharist today. It's so interesting we're talking about this. I'm just thinking about my own journey of faith. Uh, Father, and certainly as a convert and trying to uh, walk into, begin to understand the Eucharist, and certainly the Gospel of John knows a big part in that. The Eucharistic miracles we hear about all over the world. Gosh, how can you discount uh, uh, those? And then I just think about the great saints. What did they know that we maybe don't know? I think of St. John Vianney. The story is that every time that he started to give a homily, uh, he would point to the to the tabernacle mm-hmm. and remind everybody he is there. Mm-hmm. And so the saints, um, the saints got it, didn't they? Well, they they did, and they they got it because they studied the Word of God and they saw the effect of communion and worthily and well reception within their communities. Priests. Uh, sermons, you know, preached on receiving worthily well from John of Avila to, you know, you know, to St. John Vianney to, I know, St. Francis de Sales writes on this. And, and of course, now St. Pope Pius X, who writes on the frequent reception of communion and, and kind of opened that even further for us. And uh, people see the effects. You, and, and the Lord, we, we're not trying to withhold people from the Lord, we're, you know, we're trying to bring them into proper loving relationships. So, I'm glad you brought up Saint John Vianney because, of course, he's a patron saint of uh, parish priests, and there is no Eucharist without the priesthood in this uh, in this discussion as well. Yeah, and then so begin to walk us, uh, Father Schuster, into into receiving the Lord, and to, again to use what we're talking about today worthily and well. What does what does that mean? Well, let's, we go back even to St. Paul and those those words, challenging words that he had for the Corinthians about how they were treating this like any common meal and, and that they weren't discerning the presence. And he said, in doing so, you eat and drink condemnation upon yourself. And he even says, um, and it's for this reason that many people in your community are sick or dying. And it all comes back to receiving worthily and well, celebrating with with the right mind to know who and what this, you know, is going on. So we are so privileged thousands years later to, to have daily mass, to have, uh, you know, to have the, the gifts so readily available to us, but it could become casual. It could become routine. And that's, that's what we need to check ourselves for because the casual and the routine won't bear as much fruit as as devotion. Worthily, I think Chuck refers a lot to worth or value. Uh, that's where the word comes from. So as I am preparing for the Lord in my heart, do I place proper worth or value on what is happening? And well refers to actions, you know, it, the full act of the will. It has to do with literally the way that we receive from the fast to the approach to the way that we receive the Lord into our bodies, to what we do afterwards. And so I'd say worthily, let's just for our sake, a lot has to do with the interior preparation and well has to do with the manner by which we are attentive and preparing at the Holy Mass. When you use the uh, word uh, casual and routine, and certainly with 
this pandemic that we're all uh, trying to uh, live through and deal with. And uh, certainly our celebration of the Mass is uh, different in some parts of the country, uh, still not mm-hmm. open for public worship. But I wonder, in light of that and this whole idea of receiving the Lord worthily and receiving uh, Him well, are are you hearing, maybe not so much in Wisconsin, but even in, from other parts of the country, that because of the pandemic and people not being able to go to to celebrate um, the Eucharist for whatever reason, are you hearing some longing? Are you hearing some people missing the Eucharist? Certainly, and it's not a bad thing. I mean, we don't want to withhold uh, ourselves from communion just to learn a lesson or anything like that. <laughs> That's not the point. But the fact is, when we weren't able to receive sacramentally, and I remember, Chuck, we did a show on spiritual communion, um, and when that desire wells up and we kind of go back to the question, well, why did I ever value this in the first place? And why am I missing the Lord? And boy, I've got this strong urge or desire in me to, to receive. Uh, maybe people have finally put words on that for the first time. Or may, or perhaps that desire has led them to a different kind of prayer when they're at home and you know, to, to sit with that desire. And many of them, receiving spiritually, receive all the effect of sac- sacramental uh, communion. Um, but I, I do think, Chuck, opportunity to, to really take a look um, in, a, in a difficult time at how then we receive worldly and well. And I wonder if some of those people who, um, and maybe this would be a good call if someone has an experience of this, of having been away for months and then returning for the first time after those months. What was that like? You know, how, where was your heart at, and, and, and where did that go for you? Because um, the, the, the homecoming, if you will, when we started open up in some states, must have been joyous uh, for people. Yeah, and if you're listening today, and that's been your experience, we would love to hear that story. Uh, Toll-free, uh, 888-914-9149, if you'd like to join us on the program. I know I have a lot of questions. Father, I have, uh, we have, I probably all have family members. We have friends who, for whatever reason, are choosing not to go back to Mass, even mm-hmm. when they are open, streaming, and everything else. But you know what? I'm going to bet. And I think uh, part of the fear is, gosh, if they're not going today and churches do open back, up, will they go in the future? My bet is that everybody's going to be missing the Eucharist so much that they are going to be flooding back into our churches. I'm on your side, Chuck. I'm the eternal optimist, and I and I just believe in the in the conscience, and that my soul is thirsting for you. That the thirst will will get the better of most people. And you know, I know it was priests sit around and talk, and oh, I wonder if they're ever going to come back, and we're going to. We're going to have to work so hard to get them back, and uh, we've got to preach, and we've got to go out, and and and, and yes, it's true. But the 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 fact is, I I believe that that desire should come back if it was well formed in the earlier years. In the youth, we're going to have to work a little harder with. They don't they don't wake up each day and say, you know, I really desire our Lord. Uh, they should, but uh, I think some of the more middle aged and elderly, I mean, they are just longing. And, it, and even if it died a little, you know, there's his grace is sufficient. It can come back. Mm-hmm. 
We are talking today about the Eucharist, and uh, what does the the Eucharist mean to you in a time in your life, maybe, when you came to realize and know and experience the real presence of Christ? In the Eucharist, we'd love to hear the story, and then how do you prepare yourself to receive Jesus in the Eucharist and to do that worthily and well? And if you've been missing the Eucharist, uh, we'd love to hear your story. Father Daniel Schuster is our spiritual director. If you'd like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-911. 4-9, stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Mark, chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to Jesus and objected. Why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, its fullness pulls away the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the skins are ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into fresh wineskins. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com slash gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz, Jim Shaper, answering your phone calls today. Father Daniel Schuster, our spiritual director. Father Schuster is one of our regular contributors, a priest in the Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin, pastor of St. Mary in Luxembourg and Holy Trinity in Casco, Wisconsin, talking today about the Eucharist. And uh, phone lines are open if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. But what does the Eucharist mean to you? And maybe that time in your journey of faith when you came to realize and know and experience the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And we're talking more specifically about receiving the Lord worthily and well. How do you prepare yourself to receive Jesus 
in the Eucharist and uh, with the pandemic and everything going on and churches uh, shut down, streaming masses, uh, maybe you've missed the Eucharist. Uh, what's that been like for you? Again, toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Let me mention uh, the email address. If I didn't do that, you can email us in your life at relevantradio.com. So, Father Schuster, let's head to the phones. And Mary, listening in Arizona, thank you for the call and welcome to the program. Good morning, Father. Um, I'm so excited to be able to share my story with you guys. And um, I'm going to ask, please be, uh, bear with me, because I am driving as I'm trying to uh, share my story. But um, I do want to say that um, it was very hard at the beginning when all the churches closed. And um, it was uh, spiritually devastating to know that, you know, we no longer could come and worship our Lord in, in His presence. But um, within within the uh, sadness that came in, I think the Lord always opens the doors when, when we seek, you know, His presence. And um, we notice that certain places in, um, in the uh, YouTube, we started noticing there, there was priests that were offering Masses. So we started feeding our souls through the YouTube masses that were being um, offered. And that kind of gave hope to our life um, spiritually. And, of course, it also touches us um, in our daily lives um, because we no longer felt or- orphans, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, so we that's how we fed ourselves for a while and because our churches around the area were closed. And the first church that opened, actually, we visited about three, four different churches as soon as we saw that, as somebody said, that there was one open, you know, we would go there. And then another one, we would go to another closer one until we finally, our Lord brought us to one that is not that far from our house, but that we didn't really um, go to often. And he has been feeding us um, immensely. And I noticed that um, when they uh, they even have the worship to um, the our uh, the, uh, the Eucharist, and that you know it's just amazing. I just think sometimes people don't really appreciate mm-hmm. how much love God wants to give us through His Eucharist. Mm. Okay, be careful driving there when you get emotional. <laughs> And uh, I appreciate a few things that you said. One is just you kept using the word being fed and being fed. You you know you were fed from afar for a little while, but then also spiritually desiring our Lord. And then then you were fed at this parish you went to, and you also used the word love. And that that the Eucharist is really how much love um, the Lord has for us. And and so what I hear in, in your in your emotional voice is is that. Um, you really appreciate that, and maybe that's something other people can hear and say, you know, maybe I haven't seen that as the Lord's love that I'm receiving, and I think that's beautiful. I want to thank you for that. Yeah, thank you, Mary. Here, here calls like that, Father Schuster, and I sit here and think, what in the world am I missing? I mean, I mean, Mary, Mary uh, has experienced it. She knows it, and she's telling us about it. And wow. What am I missing? What are we missing? What a beautiful call. Yes, thank you. Drive safe. Yeah. 
Yeah, indeed. And just a follow-up, an email from uh, Christine, and she says, regarding the, the topic today, I watched Mass online via my diocese until I had COVID in October. My first day back to Mass in person was such an overwhelming experience. Not only was it nice to see my fellow parishioners, my community, but when I received communion, it was like receiving communion for the first time. That's powerful. It gave me shivers. I don't like to admit that, but because um, I, I've, I, as a priest, I've seen people come to communion and there, there's tears in their eyes, or there's, you know, and as we do this each week, I don't kind of have a count, or I'm not paying attention to who's back for the first time. It's kind of a waterfall effect, you know. I know a family member who is um, looking forward to the uh, vaccine and has it scheduled. Uh, keep that debate aside, but just they actually have the date marked on the calendar for the first Mass that they're going to be at since the shutdown, and they're counting the days. So, um, wow. uh, you know, that there are people coming back, but it's kind of a waterfall effect. So everyone listening, be patient with everyone who's crying at church because <laughs> they could be having a, a moment with the Lord, you know? Yeah. Wow. Mary, thanks again. Be safe. Uh, thanks for the call. Let's head to uh, Lombard, Illinois. In the uh, okay. Yeah, the other day, okay, the, law, the rule is you're supposed to fast for an hour before receiving. And sometimes during the week, there's masses. And you say, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to Mass, but you're busy with the day. And all of a sudden, I noticed the other day, I took a few sips of coffee and maybe a bite or something. And it was 40 minutes before the daily Mass. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, darn, because I forgot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder about these daily Masses. I didn't receive communion because I I wanted to be right. Mm-hmm. And um but I wondered a lot during the time they passed out communion and it was like twenty minutes after. Mm-hmm. What what do they say about this? Is it true an hour before no matter where which mass you're going to. I know they sure, bring sure. it in the hospital and they pass it out and stuff, and that doesn't seem to count, but in this case. Well, I'm going to, first thing I'm going to do is is read the actual canon to you that spells this out. And then uh, we can, you know, talk a little bit about it and then go to this, at the spiritual level to say what's going on here. So first it says, Canon 919, a person who is to receive the most holy Eucharist is to abstain for at least one hour before Holy Communion from any food and drink except for only water and medicine. Now notice that doesn't refer to the Mass. Uh, anyone who's to receive most holy Eucharist, anytime, Okay. And then number two, uh, there's a, there's an accommodation here for, here for priests who have to celebrate two or three masses. So I'll skip that one. That that one um, helps me sometimes not pass out. And then um, then the third part, the elderly, the infirm, and those who care for and those who care for them can receive the most holy Eucharist even if they have eaten something within the preceding hour. So that so there's the the text. But we're not we're not just gonna 
take that and and make it a little, the 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 law the the law is there for the salvation of souls. So what's going on there? You know, um, one of the, yes, a daily mass and a weekend mass are the same as far as this this canon. There's no distinction. And then you and then we say, well, um, what about that that bite that little bite of food? Well, you know, I think it's it's correct then to not to receive communion if that's been within an hour of of uh, the bite within uh, the hour of when they're distributing communion. I mean, that makes sense. That's what it says, and it, it and it says that so we have the best spiritual preparation and the most effect. So remember that it's not just a, a rule; it's because. Getting hungry for the Lord is what, and that desire. If we're always full, then we don't long for the Lord. Mother Teresa said, "God cannot fill what's already full." Okay, a couple bites. Well, we we have to draw the line somewhere, you know. We're we're so let's just say nothing fast, you know. And of course, this is much relaxed from uh, pre-Vatican uh, two times. And and the more slippery slope we go, and the more we excuse ourselves, the more there's just no fast, and then. Eating, and then we go back to St. Paul in the, in the Corinthians. You're eating like any other meal. You just, you just ate something, and now you're eating this. And, you know, no, no, that's not right, you know. So I think I covered a little bit of it, but I'll let you talk here and see what your reaction is or, or what you want me to clarify. Well, actually, that is my reaction. I, I felt like I didn't go, but I wanted mm-hmm. the Lord. And I wanted to honor him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do less than I could. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go. But well, I just was wondering, because yeah. you know how it is. People. Well, I know how it is. <laughs> everybody goes. Yes. And yeah. um, one thing you did is, is eating itself isn't a sin. And the fact is I'm glad that you went to Mass. You know, because we we're encouraged for this frequent communion, receiving worthily and well. Uh, but there are times when we can't receive, but we're participating in the action of the mass and making the spiritual communion. Is not to say that that we've we've done something wrong. We just didn't receive communion. So uh, that's I'm glad you still went to mass and didn't excuse yourself from the prayer. So p- people listening, you can always go to mass. You know, like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Sue. And uh, and it's okay. So we we realize that we haven't honored the fast, but we go to mass. The importance, uh, Father Schuster, of going up and just receiving a blessing. Well, the church does not have that accommodation. Okay, there. Um, so I I don't recommend it because we've never been given an instruction or anything clearly about this idea of a blessing. Uh, I would stay in the pew. There you go. Father Daniel Schuster, our spiritual director. Let's uh, take another phone call. Irma, listening in the Chicagoland area. Thank you for the call. Nice to have you on the program today. Oh, thank you very much, Father. Um, uh, So I just wanted to share my story. Um, So, you know, we were all under, we could not be able to go to Mass um, anywhere in the country, So supposedly. So uh, I had gone to visit my mom in in Henderson, Nevada, um, there was a church that kind of remained open for Eucharistic adoration. So I would take my mom there, um, I want to say like two to three times a week, you know, the, the week that I'm there. So we had gone one Saturday afternoon to, to just do Eucharistic adoration, say prayers, and just be as close to the Lord as we possibly could. So that afternoon, um, we were there a little later than usual, and then they announced uh, they happened to be a Marianite um, uh, 
Marianite, uh, kind of like Franciscans, they're, they're sure, Marianite. Sure. So, they, so that afternoon, that Saturday afternoon, um, they announced, it was like an impromptu announcement that they were given permission to start doing Mass, and they had Mass that afternoon at 4.30 in the afternoon. My first Mass in I don't know how many months. We, we did receive Holy Communion, and I'll tell you, it felt like I won the lottery at that time. Mm. I, I, right afterwards, I was just so joyful. I felt so light. I felt so grateful that the Lord was with me. After Mass, I think I texted everybody that I knew and was able to receive Holy Communion. And I wish that all my friends and family would have been able to do the same thing. But it was just such a joyous occasion for myself, very uplifting, as well as for my mother. Mm. So that's my story, and I just wanted to share that with you, how joyful and grateful we were that that had happened. It's, it's beautiful. The words that came to mind is, Behold, the bridegroom is here, or you do not know the day or the hour. And, you know, there you are, and all of a sudden, they're going to have they're going to have the mass, you know, and the Lord is passing by and, and what a, what a privilege. Sometimes we, we get so into our schedule that, you know, we, uh, the schedule, we think that the schedule is there for us. And, and yet, um, your docility and flexibility to say, I'm going to, I'm going to stay for the mass. And, and the Lord is, it's like the Lord is walking by and I don't want to miss that. What a beautiful um, story. Thank you so much. Yeah. Irma, uh, thank you uh, for joining us um, on the program today. Great story. Father Daniel Schuster is our spiritual director, talking about the Eucharist today and uh, receiving the Lord worthily and well. How do you prepare yourself to receive the Eucharist? And maybe now with the pandemic going back to Mass, have you missed the Lord? Was there a longing in your heart? for Jesus in the Eucharist. Toll-free phone number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us. Good to have all of you with us on the program today. Father Daniel Schuster is our spiritual Director Father Schuster is a priest in the Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and now the pastor of St. Mary in Luxembourg and Holy Trinity in Casco, talking today about the Eucharist and receiving the Lord in the Eucharist worthily and well. What do you do to prepare yourself to receive um, the Lord in the Eucharist? And as we've been hearing, and maybe it's your story as well, with the pandemic and um, not being able to celebrate Mass for a lot of us the way we uh, have in the past, uh, have you missed uh, um, celebrating the Eucharist. Have you missed Jesus in the Eucharist? What's that been like for you? Again, toll free. If you'd like to join us in the time we have left, 888-914-9149. So Father Schuster, we talk about receiving the Lord worthily and well. Give us some practical advice, if you would. How can we, and I'm going to presume that maybe we're trying to do that, but how can we do that Better. How can we really uh, bring this into something that we should be thinking about and um, and actively preparing ourselves worthily? Great, uh, you know. And if, if someone was asking this question in, in direction, I would ask them to walk me through the uh, twelve hours leading up to Mass. <laughs> you know, let's start there. Tell me about 
what what you do. St. Francis de Sales says, begin your preparation overnight. You know, you think, I'm going to Mass tomorrow morning, Sunday morning Mass, or, or, um, or, or Saturday evening Mass. And uh, St. Francis de Sales says, go to bed somewhat earlier than usual. I mean, I don't know how many people think of that. In fact, they push it Saturday night. They, the, uh, the football game's on, and we're staying out late, and, you know, maybe I'll get up for that early Mass. But sometimes we have to say, I've got Mass tomorrow, and I'm receiving our Lord, and I'm going to, you know, get sleep so that I'm particularly attentive in my mind and my soul um, for what's coming tomorrow. So that's a little wisdom from St. Francis de Sales. It starts the night before. And then when you wake up, he says, rise with joyful expectation of the blessing you hope for. Um, of course, if there's any um, serious grave sin to make a confession, if that's, um, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to say, um, unless you've committed, uh, you know, and I don't know the state of everyone's soul, but one of the big sins, and you, it's probably not the case, but um, you do want to start examining yourself that morning. Of course, then there's the one-hour fast. There is, uh, you know, part of the practice of receiving receiving uh, worthily and well may be to read the scriptures ahead of time and to um, and to move towards the act, the activity you're entering into with um, in with the right anticipation and the right spiritual preparation. I just think the worst thing you could do is rush to mass, get there one minute before, and sit down because you haven't. <laughs> you, I mean, mm-hmm. the only thing worse than that would be not going, but you haven't entered into that relationship. And that that Calvary moment with with some um, you know some openness, some reverence. And I want to I want to uh, also say that desire that you have to be with the Lord and to be in heaven and to be loved, to pay attention to that throughout the whole Mass. And and the Mass is a is a prayer directed to the Father uh, through the Son and the Holy Spirit. So. As you're going through the Mass, you're having conversation with, uh, with the Father, and you're listening to the prayers, and you're offering this desire, and you're, you're anticipating the, the bridegroom to come and to be with you. So many saints use the king um, image, that you're welcoming the king into your soul, and you have to have uh, the place prepared, and you have to be properly dressed, both internally and externally, and uh, and to have, you know, worthily, to, not to have serious sin on your heart, and to let to have the king come into your soul. So it's another image that helps us prepare. Am I ready for the king? And then, of course, Chuck, there is participation in the Mass, interior and exterior, and then approaching the Lord with the proper gesture, the proper uh, slight bow of the head, with with the desire in the heart, the, the amen um, in the ordinary form. And then um, when you go back to your pew, and I know, um, I think we had, uh, we're throwing this around a little bit before, before the show, what do we do afterwards? Is it over? Worthily and well, I got the Lord. No. Now it's time to <laughs> it's time to make prayers of thanksgiving and it's time to savor and continue the the presence because the Lord is there to help you grow in virtue to be mindful um in Eucharistic adoration which was brought up St John Paul II said prolongs the grace of receiving communion prolongs the grace so allows us to kind of draw that out you know so it doesn't feel like it's a past action but that the Lord is with me. So that's kind of a walk through some of the things. There's so much more I, I, I could say, but mm. it's it starts 12 hours before and it ends 12 hours after. 
<laughs> well, and then, uh, Father Schuster, talk a little bit, if you would, and I know we're really trying to focus on, on our own life and not judging others, but, and I've probably got a little firsthand experience with this about judging others, and just the importance of not judging others during Mass. And I, and we talk about receiving the Lord worthily and well, but, um, and I've, I'm to the point where I really just focus on praying, so I won't uh, st- uh, begin judging other people the way they, the way I think they should be receiving the Lord. Just cut it out, Chuck. Sure. But, but the importance of not judging others uh, when we see them at mass for whatever we think they should be doing, or for whatever you know we're judging about them and what they're doing. Yeah, because once you make that judgment, you've you've uh, you're no longer worthy. <laughs> you've you've, you've yeah. cast out the idea of being worthy and well because uh, we you know we want to refrain from that judgment. Well, hopefully, um, you, you know you can pray for people, and um, it's not that we just shouldn't care. You may have a relationship with with people that you can say, hey, let's talk about. Um, drawing more fruit from the Eucharist and, and receiving worldly and well. Now, that's a quite that's that's not the normal Sunday brunch conversation, but it could be. I hope that the pastors and souls are preparing um, the parishioners to do this, to uh, lovingly to move them in, in the direction of receiving worthily and well. Um, there's this balance between the Lord takes me as I am, the Lord loves me as I am. And then, on, you know, on the other, and then on the other side, which is, um, well, then you know, show some love back and, and show some devotion that you that that, that you care. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Pope, the, the the Pope Pius X, when he talks about this in in the decree on re- re- frequent reception of communion, um, he says the primary purpose of us receiving though is not that the honor and reverence to our Lord may be safeguarded as if we're the protectors of it, and that it may serve as a reward or recompense of virtue bestowed on the recipients. The Holy Council calls the Eucharist the antidote whereby we may be freed from daily faults and be preserved from mortal sins. In other words, we everything about honoring and reverence is good, uh, but we're not the sole safeguarders of that, he says. Um, uh, so there's, there's this balance. The Lord takes us as we are, and yet we can always give more of ourselves in the love relationship that we have with the Eucharist. But I, I like that quote just to remind us uh, that you know it really is about Him setting us free when we receive the Eucharist. Yeah, and then just to reemphasize again about uh, leaving early, <laughs> and I well, and I, I because yeah. it's um, I tell the story. In fact, I was just talking with this friend the other day. And um, I, I don't see him very often, but I would think he's a pretty good uh, friend, and he happens to be a priest. So in his vocation story, he tells the story about when he and his family went to Mass, uh, that uh, Dad would receive communion. He would rush out to the parking lot. He would get the car, drive it up to the side door. His wife, his mother, his the wife, and um, his uh, his brother and sister would rush out the door and uh, go to White Castle. <laughs> Delicious, <laughs> <And> I, but. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and, and he laughs about it, and, and he knows that, you know, yes. what he was doing was yes. not right. And certainly as a priest in the church today, he knows that that was not right. But the importance of staying until the Mass is over and then realizing that, yes, the Lord is is within us and take that out. 
and the blessing and the completion, you know, of the of the action, and even a Thanksgiving prayer afterwards, if you really want to challenge yourself to slow down and and to receive full effect, more fruit. But you know, I've 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 heard every excuse, and I've heard one or two good ones. You know, like uh, uh, you know, like I, I work at a, a Catholic bookstore, and I have to uh, be on time. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> okay, great, it's good, or or something like that. You know, um, and you know, I, I just wonder why we're in such a hurry. You know, uh, the Lord of the universe comes to us, and we have the opportunity to, to just draw such strength and to overcome uh, vice with with the strength of the Lord and to be loved. Then I, you want to savor that. Um, and yet, there is also the urgency. I want to get out, and I want to I want to do good in this in this world. Uh, I don't know what to say, Chuck, because there really isn't a good reason to leave Mass early. Um, there's very few of them, and if you're in a bad habit and what I'm saying it, uh, perturbs you or irritates you, then um, then please open your heart to say, well, I need to change, you know? I need to, to hang around just that little extra bit. I, I know the Lord will bless you abundantly for that, you know? Um, <laughs> and nothing causes other people more judgment than you leaving early. You you yeah. have led others into sin. <laughs> you have allowed them <laughs> to um, to judge you. You know it's not your it's not their fault. It's yours for 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 um, distracting them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Father Daniel Schuster, our spiritual director. Let's uh, take another phone call. Stephanie, listening in Portland, Oregon. Thank you uh, for waiting, and uh, welcome to the program today. Thank you, thank you. I'm calling because I was diagnosed with celiac, which means I um, I can't eat anything that has wheat in it. So I had been going to communion and receiving the wine. Uh, but since COVID, I can't do either thing. And I think I heard Father say that um, there's nothing in the rubric serve that, that that's not a valid thing or approved by the church. So um, I'm Probably there's nowhere to go with it, but um, I'm just calling to see sure, sure. Uh, what you have to say what, about Yeah, what's this? not a valid thing approved by the Church? Um, just the blessing. Correct, correct, correct. Because it's um, it's not the same as receiving what would be valid or approved or what all the saints talk about is making an act of spiritual communion. You know, is is and we've been doing that throughout the pandemic. Um, we've been learning like a spiritual communion prayer. They pray one on relevant radio. There's the Saint Alphonsus Liguori one because that's what the blessing is. The ble- the blessing is your desire matching the Lord wanting to to give you his uh, the fruit of the effect of the Eucharist. So the 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 priest giving a, a small blessing and many people do it. It doesn't add anything as far as receiving communion it's it's more like uh at some point we people it's american thing americans always feel like they got left out and they're entitled to something well either you received or you didn't sacramentally but everybody can receive spiritually with their desire i know you know you probably know this but there's the 99.9 percent gluten-free host and you only have to receive just a speck of it um have, have you explored that option yeah, Father doesn't want to do that, so our, our priest doesn't want to do it. But he doesn't. Mm. I don't know why, but he doesn't want to. 
Now that and that may be something to look into. Maybe talk to the diocese and say, what you know, is there, um, you know, why why doesn't he want to do that? You can take that small speck and have it in a pix that's just you know for yourself that's placed upon the altar of the ninety nine point nine percent approved um, low gluten host. So I I think maybe it's time to take another look at that because it is acceptable, you know. Um, but the the spiritual community prayer, I'm going to tell a, a quick story because um, about a week and a half ago in my parish, we we told the people we wouldn't be offering communion that day because somebody I know was getting tested for COVID and I was possibly a close contact. I wasn't sick, but in the meantime, we wanted to be careful. And so I celebrated the Mass and we did not offer communion. Um, and then I prayed the spiritual communion prayer, the same one, the St. Alphonsus Liguori one, and over a quarter of the kids joined in with me without having it in front of them. And I thought, my goodness, throughout the pandemic, they did this every Sunday with their families. I, I you know, I kind of wanted them to do it. I didn't know they were doing it. And it was the most beautiful sound in this church was everybody praying the spiritual communion prayer um, from memory. Uh, talk about a proud pastor. Um, but I would, I would say learn that prayer and continue to, um, to law to 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 exercise that okay, yeah. But they should, they, I I don't know the priest. I don't know the situation. They should probably take another look at that though. Okay, yeah. Stephanie, am I hearing that uh, it sounds like you're you're missing the Eucharist? You're missing the Lord. Oh yeah, yeah. I really am. And the Lord knows it, and He says, "Anyone who loves me and obeys my teachings, my Father will love them, and we will come and make a home." with them and the Lord will and can make a home with you. So it's, you're, it's, it's, it's not, you're not left out to dry. Okay. Yeah. Stephanie, God bless you. Thanks uh, for joining us on the program today. Just about a minute or so, Father Schuster, before we have to begin wrapping things up. Somebody listening today, uh, looking at uh, their own uh, attendance at Mass, receiving the Lord worthily and well. One thing that any of us, uh, no matter where we are in our faith journey, one thing any of us can do to better prepare ourselves for receiving the Lord. You're, You're asking me, huh? I am. <laughs> One thing that we could all do to better um, receive the Lord worthily and well. Um, I I would go back to um, what our last caller was exercising, desire. Stronger, stronger, stronger desire. Whether you're there at, on Facebook or whether you're there in person. Um, so many people myself growing up, received sacramentally but not spiritually. And the way did that show, Chuck, it's supposed to be both every time. And uh, sacramentally and spiritually. And, and, and I think that that, I don't know, I think that's so important, desire. Yeah. Well, and then this is really, I think, an opportunity for us in the, the year 2021 to really reevaluate uh, who we believe Jesus is in the Eucharist and, and act accordingly. And like you said earlier, is it a thing or is it a who? You know, is it a what or is it a who? Is it a presence? Oh, are we talking about a presence or are we talking about like a reward? We're talking about the living God who wants to be with us and, and, and free us. And so um, if you want to be free, boy, there's desire right there. Then you go to the Lord. Yeah. Okay. Father Daniel Schuster, our spiritual director, time to wrap things up. And Father, as you know, we like to close with a final blessing for all of our listeners. 
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God watch over all of our listeners and stir up that deep desire to be with Jesus. And may we soon be with him, everyone. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Daniel Schuster, thanks uh, for joining us on the program today. Always a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, We're celebrating Mass here in about 60 seconds. Stay tuned for that. Don't forget The Faith Explained with Cale Clark, 1230 Central. We're back tomorrow, and we hope to see you then.